Happy New Year, everyone. And I'm pretty excited about this episode for Make More Art. You know, for the past several years that we've been doing this podcast, we've always been interviewing artists who are in like watercolor artists, acrylic and urban sculptures. But this time around, it's a brand new year and we're shifting gears and interviewing someone who is using an entirely different medium. And I'm pretty excited about this because this person is well known in in his industry and uh, he has worked with big names in the industry as well whether it's in sports entertainment and even in business he has been featured in magazines and probably were have you haven't been featured david uh it's probably a good question welcome to make more art david drebin i'm really excited to have you on and just a brief background to to start off i know that you're a graduate of um Parsons School of Designs in New York. You have been doing this. I believe your first exhibit was sometime in 2005, and you also produced your first book back in 2007. So you have a book coming out as well um, this year, and it's, as you mentioned when we were talking offline, it's your 10th book. So we can dive right into that in just a bit, but David, welcome to Make More Art, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. David, um, before we before we dive into the world of art, right? Can you take us through your journey of how everything started for you? Because I'm really interested. You know, it's my first time having a photographer here on the show, and I'm really, you know, interested to learn more about your journey, how everything started for you. Well, first of all, I, I've never really seen myself as a photographer. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to create something that was unique to me and show it to the world. So back in the 90s, when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, I had a roommate in Vancouver who wanted to be a photographer. And I made fun of him for being this like creative person. And I thought, ooh, you're so creative. And one day he came home and showed me these five black and white photographs of his coworkers. And their souls literally jumped off the page. And I thought to myself, wow, making photographs is like making magic. And at that very moment, I apologized to him for mocking him for his creativity and let him know that he was my inspiration to actually be a creative person. Uh -huh. wow. And I asked him if he minded, do you mind <laughs> if I actually take a photography class too? Because you're my inspiration. He's laughed at me. He's like, you're such a loser. But ultimately, this guy, Steve, was my inspiration to be a creative person through using a camera as a, one of many creative tools to express my imagination. So would you say that that was your pivotal moment when you discovered that this is my passion, this is what I would like to do? That was my moment when I was lost in my early 20s, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And randomly, I'll never forget looking at those four or five black and white photographs, watching their soul jump off the page like it was pure magic. And I thought, wow, I have to do this. I have to do this. And from that moment, I've never stopped making art and producing art with my imagination through various different tools, whether it's a camera, it's mm -hmm. acrylic, it's crystal starfire glass, it's neon, it's diamond dust. There's just so many different tools to express your imagination if you're willing to go deep within. 
Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things as well, uh, David, because most of our listeners, they are enthusiasts, right? And they, they would like to explore. And I know that you dabble into different things as well, aside from photography. Uh, one thing that, that caught my attention was, of course, the light, the neon light installations. Where did that idea come from? Because I asked that question, because most of the time, that's where the most I think that's where the problem lies when every time that someone would like to make art or to start them with their creativity journey is that how do I begin or what medium should I use? Do I focus on one or should I dabble into different things? Well, for me, I always thought I had these thoughts that I want to share with the world. And then I just researched different tools that would allow me to express these thoughts, whether it was neon light, whether it was a camera, whether it was diamond dust, whether it was crystal starfire glass, whether it was acrylic. There's just so many different tools. Other people use a microphone to sing or they play guitar or they play the drums. There's, mm -hmm. You just have to find the right tool to express yourself in the way in which you want to express yourself and just research all the different tools at your disposal and then learn and be patient. Patience and continuous learning. I think those two are some of the things that we often hear, right? When it comes to starting out a new journey or learning a new skill. But how do you remain patient? Because you've been doing this for for a long time and you, I would say you're very successful at it. I think in all of the things that you that you do, whether it's a book, whether it's Nian, where it's whether it's, you know, having your solo exhibition, where do you draw that fire, that catalyst to keep on going to continue, you know, drawing inspiration even? Or I guess the other question, uh, follow-up question to that as well, David, is where do you draw? Because when I look at your works, it's like, wow, like what you said, it's magic. It's bringing me to an entirely different world and, you know, this imagination. So where do you draw that inspiration? Or is it something that, you know, right off the bat, this is something that I would like to do or want to capture? I don't really think that much about where I draw my inspiration from. I just think about accessing the tools at my disposal to get the thoughts out of my mind. Because if I don't get the thoughts out of my mind, then they stay in my mind. So mm -hmm. I need the tools like a camera or diamond dust or different types of neon light to yeah. express my imagination. I just It's just a way to get it out of my mind into the world. And when it comes to patience, mm -hmm. it really has everything to do with habits. I've been going oh. to the gym for more than... 30 years and I don't really love going to the gym, but I still go and I always feel great after I go. It's mm -hmm. the same way with, with, with making different types of art Yeah, because I'm my own biggest critic. I only release the works to the world when I'm satisfied with how the works look. And it is a lot of trial and error, which mm -hmm. is a huge part of this is being good, being not that good, being mm -hmm. great, being shit, and just a whole different set of emotions you have to go through in order to make a beautiful piece of art that is able to express your imagination to the world. And you have to be willing to put it out there to the world. I think that's also one thing, David, that's a good one, putting your art out into the world, because that is a scary thing. That is a very scary thing to do. And for a lot of people, Wow, that that experience will be very daunting because one, you don't want to be criticized or two, you doubt yourself way too much to put it out there. So if if someone is listening right now, I'm sure there, there will be a lot who's specifically on this topic. 
what would you say is your um how did you overcome that because looking at I mean hearing you talk about it there's that innate confidence that I can hear um, in your voice when it comes to putting your art out there. And I know you've been doing this for a while and we talk about confidence. You mentioned habits as well. But at the first during the first few years when you've been when you were doing this, how did you overcome that? Once I found what my purpose was, hmm. and then I was able to research the different tools to express my imagination. Mm-hmm. I really never had self-doubt ever. The only doubt I ever have is with other people, but Mm -hmm. never my own self-doubt. And Mm -hmm. the first step is to have self-awareness and to build yourself. Self-doubt has never been my issue. Self-awareness. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, Most of the time when, when someone would like to start making art, right? It's, it's always a question of, can I, or do I really have the skill and the talent? It's always that debate, right? That for you to be called an artist, you need to have the talent. What is your take on that? Well, I've tried a lot of different things in my life that I really love doing, but I realized I wasn't going to be the best at that. I love playing hockey. Uh-huh. I'm from Toronto, Canada, but I really wasn't a great skater no matter how much I tried. I loved playing tennis, but I realized I was never going to be the best in the world at tennis. I even went to cooking school, and I realized that I'm never going to be a great chef. It's when I found photography that I realized I think that I could move to the center of the world for what I want to do, which was New York City at the time. And I really believed with an emphatic yes that I could be one of the greatest artists that ever lived in my own imagination. Whether it happened or not, doesn't really matter. But just mm-hmm. to have that unbelievable self-belief that I could be the best at something, where mm-hmm. in other cases, I couldn't be the best. I went to acting school. I was a terrible actor. I went to cooking school. I was a terrible cook. I played tennis. I took tennis classes. I realized I was never going to be a great tennis player. I even played so many hockey games that all my friends would score on me and make fun of me after the game. And I realized I'm never going to be a great goalie. But when I found photography and a way to express myself, that's when I realized with an emphatic yes, that I could be the best at something or at least try to be. Trying out different things. Wow. It's it's very interesting to hear you talk about you've tried all of those things. And also the fact that you are you know proud to say that you know you're miserable at other things. And it takes, I think, a lot of courage to to accept that because most of the time when people start on something, they do have this belief, no, I'm really going to be good at this. But when they experience failure and they realize, no, this is no, this isn't working, they stop. What kept you going um, to try on some, you know, try on another thing? Because I think that's really it's a key for you to discover what you're passionate about. And most of the time, people get lost um, in that journey. Well, when I found photography in the early 90s, I took a lot of very, very bad photographs before I ever made any good photographs. But I was so determined to make good photographs that I learned from the bad ones and all the mistakes I made, how to correct them and make them better. I never thought about failure. I just thought about good or bad. Oh, okay. And And sometimes you have to be bad before you're really good at anything. I like that. I like that. I think I've seen in one of your posts that sometimes you'll start off, okay, I think this is a good idea. And then you will think about, oh, no, this is not a good idea. Doing back and forth, back and forth, this thing until you arrive at, no, this is amazing. 
Um, I, I think I heard in one of your podcasts, um, so I listened to several of them. Um, there was this particular- Do you like them? Do you like them? Do you like them? I do. I do. It's very interesting. And I love how- Why do you like them? Why do you like them? Tell me why you like them. I like them because you always talk about how you are, one, how you would like to help others. And that you come onto the podcast, not really to talk about yourself. And it shows every time that you, you know, that you discuss about your journey, about your words, it's really not more to boast or talk about them in, in detail, but it's the, the journey and the experience behind what you do that people can get inspiration from, especially for someone who would want to start off with, you know, doing something. And that's what I like about your, your interviews. It's consistent and providing value and also, you know, talking about how you can help others. And I think it's it's really important, especially when you are out there um, making something for, for people to consume. I think it's, it's, there is authenticity in what you do. And that's what I love about, you know, you as an artist and listening to your, to your interviews as well. Thank you. Does that answer your question? I, no, I, thank I, you. I actually listened to one of them and there was this, I think that was brilliant when in you, there was a line um, about his wife, I think. And then immediately you, you thought about it. That's a neon light installation. I think was, was that. That's right. It? I forget. I forget what I said, but the, he did inspire ah. me to make one for him. I think he said, I think he said, my wife thinks I'm crazy. Yes. That's, that's exactly what, what he said. And I was like, wow, at that, you know, split seconds, you were able to think of something and then turn it into art. And I, I, I highlighted that because most of the time when people talk about our art, it's confined to this box that it has to be this, it has to have the, all these technicalities. But hearing you talk about that and then creating art that split seconds, you know, that was like, wow, this is amazing. This guy really knows how to make art. And I, I would definitely bring that up in, in our interview because how did you do that? How did you like come up, you know, split seconds and you know, not really think of whether is this going to be perfect? How will this person, you know, perceive this if I say that, no, this I'm going to do this and make art out of it. What I've realized over the years is the more you feel, the more you see, and the more you see, the more you feel. So in that conversation, I was listening and then a light went off in my mind and I thought that would make a great piece of art. My wife thinks I'm crazy in pink. And then underneath, my husband thinks I'm crazy in blue and put them together. And I just love that concept because I think a lot of people will relate to that when they see that. And that's what make, I, I believe, um, art relatable is something if, if you capture someone's emotion and that's really you know when you look at the painting right in a museum there is this emotion and if it transports you to an entirely different world like what i said earlier when you when you talked about you know your photography it there is magic and that's exactly how i felt when i was looking at all those photographs i specifically like the one where in the the lady was holding balloons and he was like on the edge of this, was that a building or a, a bridge? And I was yeah. like, wow, this was brilliant. And the, another another photograph that really caught my attention was also the the woman hanging on a chandelier. It's a very glamorous chandelier. And I was like, with all those diamond dust, I was like, when I was looking at it, this is really good. I mean, there's a lot of emotions and, you know, within that photograph alone. And you can, you start to think, 
how did she get out on there? I mean, why was she hanging on the chandelier? So there are a lot of these questions, but then that's the beauty of it. Because anyone who would look at your photographs will be will have certain emotions and can be transported in, into an entirely different scene and environment. So if I ask you, David, if there's if there's a favorite photograph of yours or any piece of art that you have made all these years, what would that be? And what is the story behind it? We do so many podcasts and every podcast the interviewer always yeah. asks me, what is your favorite photograph? Or what is your favorite piece of art that you've made? And my answer is the same every single time, which is this. My favorite piece of art is the one I have not made yet. Mm. And that's what keeps me motivated is to be better than I was yesterday. Because mm. the greatest competition you have in life is your own reflection. So my favorite piece of art is the one I've yet to make. Mm -hmm. That's a brilliant one. Let's talk about challenges, David, because um, I think for a lot of people who would like to make art, it's it's always a battle of should I continue doing this? Uh, if I encountered a problem or as simple as how do I put my work out there? Because I when I look at your socials and I, I know by, by this time you have a group of people who, who monitors and keep track of how your art is being published, right? But when you were starting out, how did you manage putting your work out there? Because it's always an interesting question for a lot of people who would want their art to be out there for the world to consume. Well, I think that I'm still just getting started right now. So I never pat myself on the back and think about all the things that I've done. I think about how grateful I am for being able to make a living as an artist for more than two decades. But I feel like every day is a chance to start all over again. Mm -hmm. And every day I think to myself, today is the first day of the rest of my life. And today is the first day of the rest of your life as well. So I think the key is to feel like every single day you're just getting started. And that's how I really feel. Because I never want to lose the kid inside of me. Because kids are so creative. But adults lose their so lose so much creativity because they lose the kid inside. So every day I remind myself of the kid inside. Because we don't want to lose the kid inside. I love that. Because I, I have my own you know personal podcast as well. And that was the... The last, I think, um, episode that I, the last episode that I talk about having, you know, always clinging on to your inner child, because there are a lot of things there that we used to enjoy that as adult, we become oblivious of, we dismiss them because, hey, we're adults, we're not allowed to, to be joyful in all those little things. And I, I love when you talk about that, you know, being childlike, um, having that inner child, because that is important. And I think that's what, that is how... When you, saw, when you said that, you know, it, you don't really draw inspiration from something. Like you continuously evolving and being a child, you're always curious, right? And it shows in, in your photographs. And now you are also, I mean, you've also started out with book publishing. So about the book, David, how did you gravitate towards that? Because, you know, photography, right? And all these neon light installations, you're doing exhibitions, but... Why a book? I mean, why did you think of switching lanes and producing a book? And this is your 10th book because it's coming out in August. So how did you gravitate towards that, that decision? 
I'll never forget walking into a store on Fifth Avenue many years ago and seeing these beautiful published books by a company called Tenois Publishing based in Germany. And I had been working with a German gallery since 2005. And I saw the book and I called up the owner of the gallery and said, do you know this publisher, Tenois Publishing? And they said, of course we do. We will introduce you to that publisher. I flew to Germany and I met the publisher. And we decided to work together. It was that simple. I saw the book. I called the gallery. I asked for an introduction. And we've done eight books together with that one publisher. So the books are just a way to package the artwork to distribute it to the world. And the key with a book is to have distribution and the right promotion. So we work with publicists all over the world. And my publisher distributes the book all over the world as well. And that's the key is to package the work with mm -hmm. the right publisher and the right quality and distribute it and promote it to the world. Package your art and make it available to the world. Wow. I think that's one, it's a beautiful way of putting, you know, packaging your artwork, especially for photographs. And it's a coffee table book, right, David? And the title of your latest one is Flirting with Danger, which is a very interesting title. And I know that you are big on purpose. And in, in one of your interviews, talk about how they, how the title is somehow connected to that. Can you expand on that a little bit, please? We are all one decision away from a totally different life. Mm -hmm. And subconsciously, all day long with our decision-making, Mm -hmm. we're flirting with danger. So I wanted to make a book that reflected that. And the cover is called Risky Landing, which is a photograph that I made in St. Bart's of this crazy landing at this very small yet very glamorous looking airport. And it just came together. I thought, wow, I'm going to make this photograph. I'm going to call it Risky Landing. And it's going to be the cover of my book called mm -hmm. Flirting with Danger. Beautiful. It's a beautiful connection. I, I, I when I saw the title and was I was checking it out on on Amazon and I was like, the title is very interesting and it's fitting with the cover photo. So David, we are nearing the end of the the episode and I know for a lot of the listeners who have enjoyed listening, you, you talk about your journey and how how to position yourself, how to continuously be passionate at what you do what would you say is your let's say three golden nuggets for someone who is starting out who would want to start out making art i think the key to making art and the key to expressing yourself in any way is to start off with a passion to express yourself and to try the many different tools at your disposal to express yourself whether it's guitar drums camera lights Crystal starfire glass, acrylic, base, hockey stick, baseball bat, football, wh whatever it is that you can express yourself and get it out there to the world where you realize that you are really, really great at something and you really love what you do mm -hmm. and you can only get better with practice. There's so many different attributes that you need, starting with passion, habits, relentless pursuit. And willing to try different things, learn from mistakes in order to be great. Because greatness doesn't come right away. Greatness comes with practice and habits and passion over a sustained period of time. 
beautifully said. David, it's been a pleasure having you on Make More Art. I learned a lot and um, I'm a huge fan of your photo photographs as well. I, I kept digging. I think I've browsed through a lot of your photographs on Instagram as well and even on your website and listened to several of your interviews as well. Um, thank you for taking the time to share your journey with our listeners. And um, your book is coming out this August, if I'm not mistaken. The book is in production right now, and we're going to release it in the fall. And you can see my work at, at David Drebin, D-R-E-B-I-N on Instagram or daviddrebin.com. And hopefully when people look at my work and what I've done, they can imagine their own work and what they can do over a sustained period of time. Amazing. I'm sure they will. David, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being here on Make More Art. And I look forward to your upcoming book, as well as the many photographs that you will be making. Thank you so much, David. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. That was a very interesting and rather inspiring episode to kickstart the new year here on Make More Art. I hope that you learned a lot from that conversation with David Drebin. Truly, he is an inspiration. And one of the things that I have picked up from that conversation is that life is an endless journey of learning, exploration, and feeding our curiosity. So probably a challenge for you this week as you listen to the podcast, what are the things and tools that you have at your disposal that you can use to create and make more art. Share us your story and drop in those comments in the comment section on the blog post associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash David Drebin.